if I if I feel like I'm I'm stuck in this this status quo routine, it affects everything. When I'm extreme, I, I it unlocks everything for me, right? I I, I love harder. I'm happier. I, I I just all these little things that I don't consciously I would say think to do as much, right? And those things, the things that come easy, still you have to protect them, right? You have to build them in your day. They they still take work. I think you have to find your purpose, and that will drive your passion. Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined once again by Eric Pilon-Bignall. Now, Eric previously featured on episode 179 of Broken Bulbs, so make sure you head back and check that out as well. He grew up just south of Toronto, Canada, and is a best-selling author, speaker, and pragmatic futurist. His recent book, Surfing Rogue Waves, presents a gripping and insightful framework on how to pick up a board and surf the rogue waves of the 21st century. But he was also playing a game of moderation rather than being all in. That's coming up after the break. Real quick before we get into today's show, I wanted to say thank you for all the ways you offer support, whether that's leaving a review, sharing the show with a friend or family member, or going and supporting me directly on Patreon. That's a huge help. It takes a lot of money, time, and energy to make this show happen. So you can go to patreon.com slash alexwilliams. Remember, Williams is W-I-L-L-I-A-M-N-S. That's patreon.com slash alexwilliams. Or just click the first link in the show notes and it'll take you right there. Enjoy the show. Eric Pilon Bignell, ready to talk about one of your broken bulbs? I absolutely am. Fantastic. Okay, I like I like that absoluteness. Uh, I think that ties in with what we're talking about because you found yourself playing in an arena of moderation, whereas your strengths kind of lie more in the ones and zeros, in all or nothing kind of ideas. So why don't you tell us about how you made this discovery? Yeah, I think I battled it unconsciously throughout most of my life and most of my upbringing. I I finished school. I got a good job, right? I started paying bills. You know, you do everything in moderation. That's kind of what you're told when you become this responsible adult. And and, and it's not bad. For many people, this works, right? My, my wife's a great example. She's great at doing everything in moderation. But for me, it, it took me a while to, to get them, you know, maturity and I think EQ to understand this, but it was not playing to my strength, right? I, I'm not a moderation guy like you mentioned I'm, I'm a binary one or zero i'm i am all in or i'm not in at all right like i'll train and if i'm training i eat well and i do everything it's great and if i'm not you know i don't have a reason to do any of those things so i eat like garbage i stay up late I, you know i probably drink more than i should like all those things i'm, I'm just everywhere in life i'm i'm, I'm kind of i always binary and you know some people were like well that's so extreme like you know that's you know might not be healthy and obviously if you're too much one way always it that that is definitely the case but I feel like I wasted many valuable years competing in this arena of trying to be I don't know status quo right like like we're expected to be once we graduate and get a job and get a house and all this fun stuff and again this arena is not not good or bad it just wasn't for me right I I need big audacious goals and challenges. I, I need to push myself, you know, more and more personally, because I, I feel like it comes full circle for me. 
if I if I feel like I'm I'm stuck in this this status quo routine, it affects everything. When I'm extreme, I I it unlocks everything for me, right? I I, I love harder. I'm happier. I, I I just all these little things that I don't consciously I would say think to do as much, right? And those things they come the things that come easy still you have to protect them, right? You have to build them in your day. They they still take work. I think the good takeaway for me and the lesson I I kind of learned and it took, you know, a while to do was, you know, you, you really have to do what works for you. But you have to find your purpose and that will drive your passion. The rest falls into place, right? But you must work hard to protect that purpose. And that I think was a big the big part I was missing, you know, take me for example. I want to help humanity flourish in the future and be part of advancing and understanding the human brain better. These are ridiculous and audacious statements or goals, right? I, I'm kind of embarrassed saying them out loud, to be honest with you, but my purpose is for me. I, I don't know anyone, an explanation or definition of it. I don't even tell people about my purpose, but by creating a better future for humanity, this is why right, I spent early mornings and late nights and weekends writing a book. Right? This is why I do podcasts and talks. It, it's why I would not only work for a company that is heavily committed in making the world a better place, like right, but just being everything all around better for humanity. And all these things I just listed, they just fall into place because I'm passionate about them because it's part of my purpose. Right? I, it, another one is I'm climbing the highest mountain on each continent. It helps me raise money for brain research. It also puts me in a training program. It gives me the structure I need and the reason, right? It forces me to work out when I don't want to work out. It forces me to eat well and make, you know, decisions like, you know, drinking less one night when I'm bored and don't have anything to do, right? It lets me experience this incredible cultures all over the world selfishly, right? But it forces me to prioritize recovery, right? Things like stretching and ice baths and downtimes, things I would normally not justify in a my busy life at least, right? Where were these these recovery things. And for me, getting out in the mountains, it, it isolates me into the remote, you know, some of them, you're, you're close to some beautiful mountains, right? Some of the most remote places in the world, but to me, the most beautiful. And that, to me, not everyone, everyone has their own version of mountains, but that changes me, right? It cleanses me. It's, it's, it's hard to explain for those who haven't been there and you don't need to climb big mountains to do it. You know, it might be surfing or yoga or reading or volunteering or whatever it is, but purpose drives your passion i found and which makes all the extra work not feel like work at all because it's 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 what you'd rather be doing in your free time right to you it's not work others see it as work you know you see it as the thing you're excited to do after work right or get up at 4 a.m every morning or spend your weekends doing you you think about your purpose and you see it everywhere all of a sudden it it ignites you and it releases the right kind of neurochemistries in your brains and there's science on why it it fires you up and you you get into flow faster and you stay in flow faster and it kind of further fuels this positive cycle a lot of people would look at me and be like man why do you do all that extra work to me it's not work right it's my passion my passion ultimately leads up to my purpose and i think it's it's not easy to just throw a purpose out there it took me a long time to kind of get there and you know what i mean i think a lot of times you should probably keep your purpose to yourself because they they sound ridiculous to a listener but um yeah it can yeah so it was a, it was a it was a battle i fought for a long time but you know what i'm actually really happy cuz you know, I, I struggled through that and it really kind of helped me reset myself uh, to where to to where I am now, but more importantly, how I'm continuing to try to get better and where I'm trying to go to. 
I I really really like this, and, and this is something I've thought a lot about: is the the need to know what you need. For for me, I'm a very much uh, I I've learned for myself that I need to get it done when I feel like getting it done, and when I feel like getting it done, I need to lean into it. So, for example, I have a lot of podcasts to edit. When I feel like editing a podcast, I will edit a ton of podcasts because I'm in that mode because I'm already there doing it. And then the next day, I don't feel like editing any. I don't have to because I already got that work done. And so knowing yourself and knowing how you operate is, is huge. As as kind of a, a closer here, do you have a, a simple tip or a simple trick that somebody might be able to employ in order to figure out what it is for them that works? Absolutely. I think you have to work and protect your purpose. And what I mean by that is you have to purposefully commit to building time into your day. You might get up early to do some of those things, or you might commit to doing it late, but your day's not done until you do those things. And it sounds you know, fuzzy a little bit, but all these little things, they keep adding and building to your purpose. And there's always a reason not to do it, right? There's, there's, we have families, we have, you know, jobs, we have all these pressures of life and stress. But the reason it is important is because if you do that, the little daily stresses and grinds feel less because you're, we're stuck in the weeds in daily weeds. And we're overloaded with this, you know, world of, fake news and terrible news. And those things don't bother you as much when you have a bigger thing you're working towards. And I feel like when you protect that and work towards it, it's not just going to come naturally. You, you'll find a lot of things start to unlock, you know, for, for, for me and a lot of people I've spoken with, you know, they, they become better husbands, they become better brothers, they become better friends, they become better employees. They just become better because they feel like they have this bigger purpose. So if the, the biggest two high level takeaways I would be is to protect and work and work means you've got to do the work and put the time in for it, but protect that time. There'll always be a reason to push that off to tomorrow or the next day and small little bits, you know, a bad week, six out of 10 is better than I'll do it next week because that's zero out of 10, right? So a month where you've had three bad weeks, three, six out of tens is better than have three zeros out of tens and doing it the third week. Right. So, you know, as someone who is very binary in a bad way where I would be maybe do nothing one month and then do something another month, it, it's, you know, it, it, that's not the best way to do it. It's just really got to commit and protect and work, work that time. And it doesn't have to be hours every day. Right. So of course, at the end of the day, you are a published author. You have a book out. It's called Surfing Rogue Waves, How to Paddle Out into the 21st Century. Why don't you tell us about the book, where we can find it, and what we can expect when we pick it up? Yeah, I think I'll build off your last statement of doing something is better than nothing, right? So the the book is very much about all these, these small changes and disruptions we have that over the next few years you know, we're going to experience a hundred years of disruption and it's going to keep happening. We have this real influx in this point of change, which is the new constant we have. And it is better to be doing something because these waves are coming, whether you like it or not. So you can stand on the shore and just give them all up. But you'll never be a better surfer. You better get out there and just start, you know, jumping on some of these waves and falling. And this is the surfing analogy that goes through. But the reality is we tend to have this inability to notice change while it's happening. 
we tend to only notice it after it happens, right? And all of a sudden, you know, you and me fast forward and, you know, our lifetime from when we were young, IVFs here, or more recently, the internet, you name it, all these things. We have smartphones in our pockets. We didn't vote for those. We didn't notice them happening. They just kind of appeared, right? Well, if we use the right mindsets and we look for these things, we can actually understand these things a little bit better. And we're at a time right now where there's tons of opportunity, but there's a lot of elevated risk, right? The public's trust in, in companies and governments, the media, even science, all under attack. And how do we filter through all this noise and still kind of make these optimal decisions with these mega trends coming, right? And there's a robust pipeline of disruption where if technology fails, science is picking it up. And where science fails, technology is picking it up. And the book's called Surfing Rogue Waves because when you take a bunch of waves together and they amplify each other unexpectedly, you get the emergence of this rogue wave. And this is more and more of what we're going to see coming into in the world. And the book presents a bit of a an insightful surfing framework, as I call it, uh, on how to kind of pick up your board and surf the rogue waves of this 21st century. So the book's available, Amazon, Chapters Indigo, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart, Target, you know, where most books are sold. Uh, so absolutely check it out. And if you do, and yeah, I'm incredibly honored for anyone who, who takes the time to obviously read the book or skim the book. You know, time is everyone's kind of most valuable asset. And what I love is, you know, the theoretical framework, which is a surfing framework, is really a lens on how you view the world. And everyone has a different upbringing and view of the world. So it's it's really neat hearing different people's kind of takes and perspective and personas on how they envision a lot of these things playing out. So I'm always uh, I'm always honored to hear from people. Fantastic. And I'm going to have links to your book and absolutely everything else that you're up to down in the show notes so people can follow along and uh, keep up with what's going on and what's next with you and with that i just got to say thank you once again for joining me thanks so much for having me and thank you for listening do what works for you what are your priorities and how are you going to follow those special thank you to eric for joining me once again and being willing to talk about his broken bulbs make sure you check out his work which of course i've got linked right down in the show notes and Make sure you check out episode 179 of Broken Bulbs as well, which also features Eric. And if you want to offer support beyond leaving a review and sharing the show, please visit Patreon via the first link in the show note. As a thank you for your support, you'll get a postcard from me wherever I am to wherever you are. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are, of course, a proud member of the Create Vine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gefsison. And the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.